Gaming and BS, episode 210, coming to you Thursday, September 27th, 2018. Welcome to Gaming and BS Tabletop RPG Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Sean. And I'm Brett. Welcome to the show. Welcome back, folks. How you doing, Sean? Doing okay, Brett. Hey, I got a, you had a, you had a uh, banner year or a banner month at work? I did, did have a banner month at work. I'm going to actually get paid some money. Good. You can actually eat. That's, I don't have to keep sending all that extra venison I've collected over the years. I can lower my credit card debt from having to buy all the RPGs that I really don't have the money to purchase. <laughs> Hello, America. I love America. <laughs> yeah, I'll just keep buying shit. No idea why. Oh, look at this. The shelf full of goodies. I interrupted you. What did you have? Oh, no, no. I'll get to that. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Game Hole Con's coming. Game Hole Con is coming. So, hey, all the pre... <laughs> I almost pulled a Sean. I damn near forgot to buy my badge. But the last second, the last day, the badges were still allowed to pre-reg. I did so. So, if you're up to coming to Game Hole Con, the pre-registration for badges is over. Um, however, if you did pre-register... As Alex Kammer uh, um, has posted on Twitter, and I've tried to <clears throat> po- poke that around as well, there are plenty of other games that have come in, kind of snuck in, if you will, at the last minute, which happens regularly at GameholeCon, and even at EverCon, my little convention. Um, if you've got your badge, go in there and take a look around. If you've got some free time, you're looking to fill it with some gaming or events, seminars, what have you, more stuff has shown up. So, hey, it's out there. Go take a look. <clears throat> oh, and don't forget, I think, um, I don't know if Ed, Ed, Ed Nagy's Gatsby and the Great Race is multi-room Call of Cthulhu game. I don't know if there's any spots left, but if there are, go look, because, hey, that's what you got to do. And uh, don't forget the Gaming BS social in the Clarion Lobby on Saturday. And then Evercon, Evercon.org, our pre-reg is open. You can get your badges. You can get them cheaper online than... Um, you will pay at the door, which is a thing um, good cons like to do, right? You know, get people hooked up. Um, and then let's see. Oh, event registration still cooking. We've got more events coming in, working with some of our our local partners to get some goodies. Um, yeah, so a full weekend badge, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, 35 bucks online, which isn't too damn bad. So anyway, evercon.org, check it out. Hopefully, we'll see some BSers there running games, having fun, and uh, doing our thing, so. That's the only announcements I had. Sean, you got anything? If you're coming to Gamehole Con and you're flying, oh. if you're flying into Madison. Oh, the, the Kelly wagon's up. The Kelly Uber will be in effect. All right. Okay. That's good. Got to give me plenty of notice and you got to tell me when you're arriving ahead of time so that I can tell you whether I can pick you up or not. And then We've I have only had one person ever take us up on that. Yeah. Josh. Well, I wonder why we keep telling people we roll them when we pick them up. I can't imagine why anybody's, why aren't well, um, anybody else, why isn't anybody else signing up? See, you also picked up Pat Kilbane, special guest of uh, Game of Con. You picked up Pat Kilbane and we didn't roll Pat. That, and he's got, and he's got plenty of cash. I mean, come on, could have taken Pat out, but we chose not to because we're not that kind of guys. Well, right. He, he's a big dude too. He is. He's quite tall. He's, he's thin, but scrappy. Thin guys are scrappy. Right. Things I've learned. Right. So if you do need a if you do need a little Uberage 
from your from the airport to your hotel or whatever, and we can oblige you. Sounds like the Kelly Uber is available. So hook us up. Uh, hey, hook, we'll hook you up. Matt, Mer- Matt Mercer, you know, feel free. Give me a jingle and. Matt will be arriving probably in his private limo or something like that. Right, I'm sure. Like <laughs> Lincoln Town Car, Alex Cammer with a little black hat holding up what? a sign that says Mercer on it. <laughs> One of my favorite. I remember, uh, I think it was um, Ken Height said this. He's He, he doesn't... He, <laughs> He's a grumpy old man like many of us are getting to be. And he's like, you know, if you had told me 10 years ago, some online gamer guy would stop traffic at PAX East just by walking across the floor, I never would have believed you. But I saw it happen. So it's interesting. Ah, the world we live in. Indeed. Are we ready? Shall we move on? We shall. Let's get into random encounter. Let's do that thing. All right, so... Yeah. What do we got? Just, just one? We got two? Got a couple. Well, I'll tell you what. You start. The first one looks long, and, I'm, and I'm, I don't want to read it. All right. <laughs> you start. Saul writes us. So this is a little little delayed on my part, but regardless, we're, getting, we're covering you, Saul. Hey, guys. I wrote to you guys a while back on Brett's Feels. Like I said, that episode really hit home. I didn't think you would read my email online, but was pleasantly surprised. Anyway, it was a weird first letter, so here is a better one. I've been listening to you guys since about episode 173. I can't believe that I didn't find your podcast before. I got hooked on listening to Fear the Boot and then Happy Jacks. I also listen to Secret Cabal, but they are mostly board game podcasts. But the important thing is that I found and listened to you guys. Oh, thanks, Saul. Yeah, that's true. That's very very important. Very important. Most important thing. I started to go back into your episodes as I work very early, 3 a.m. start time, and the job is pretty boring. So I have plenty of time to listen to you guys. There have been so many issues and topics that I wanted to respond to, but I failed to note the episode and deemed it not worthy to bring back a very old topic. So for those of you that have similar concerns, don't. Yeah, seriously, if you don't, do not be concerned. We are, this is episode 210. There is, without a doubt, something we covered 110 episodes ago that would probably bear repeating insofar as we've learned things since 110 episodes ago. And um, new listeners like Saul and other folks, uh, you men and women, uh, all you folks probably have a better perspective than we do on a lot of these things, as we have always said. So our discerning listeners, Saul, if you got something, brother, lay it on us. We'll take it. That's right. So, a more recent topic was campaign setting. One I always wanted to play in was Empire of the Petal Throne, originally made for original D&D, and since then has gone to three or four different rule sets. I have the latest rules, uh, Bethorm, and since I couldn't play it in a Tecumel game, I decided to run the game. I ran a few con games uh, in here in Northern California, Even for a deep setting, I was able to run quite a few con games. Cons here in San Francisco Bay Area, we have three to four really good ones, and most of them offer private rooms with any any game length. Nice. Yeah. That gives as much time as you need to run your games. Most games at our local cons are around eight hours, which compared to con games in Southern California and other places is a lot because they mainly have four-hour game slots. That would be my experience. 
Yeah, I mean, just to cut in once again here, eight hours, dude. That's that's uh, that's considered a long con for a number of people, and usually two four hour games back to back type of thing. That's pretty intense. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Okay, and which four hour game slots? Uh, maybe it's because you guys live in areas where the temperature is like down to forty and fifty degrees, and if you guys stay in a room too long, you will freeze. <laughs> you mean minus forty? What's his next line? Read the next one. I don't believe in temperatures less than that exist. <laughs> oh, Saul. Come on. Oh, Saul. He Saul, must Saul. be he must be native Californian. Must be. Absolutely. Oh man. We'll bring in Edwin and Roger from Maine. And those guys look at us, look at Sean and me and go, watch you bunch of sissies. It's not that cold out yet. Our men and women and kids are running around. It's only 20 below. It's only 30 below. We still wearing shorts. Some of our Canadian friends. Whew, man. Anyhow. Yeah. Anyways, I'm down to the last 30 episodes of your backlog. So you guys are going to have to put out a podcast a week. Hey, you even have, you even gave me the push I needed to start my own podcast. I was supposed to do it with my brother that introduced me to RPGs and a friend we have been playing with since junior high, but they kept putting it off. So I started a gaming podcast with my wife. Thanks for the hours of entertainment and keeping me sane. A happy grossy clerk, Saul. Now, Saul, when you, here's, okay, man, here's a little lesson. If you got something that you're doing and you're producing and you're kind of creative and it has to do kind of with what we do. Tell us what you're doing. Give us a name. Give me a link, man. (laughs) You got to tell us the name of your podcast so we can tell people. We will pimp that shit, dude. We will. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Saul, send us us a link. Send us a name. Whatever you got. (laughs) We'll pitch people over to you. And, you know, Sean and I have said this many, many times, as I'm sure you've heard, suffering through our long... um, backlog is somebody's going to listen to us and go, eh, Brad, Sean, not for me. Eh, not for me. I don't think Wayne hopefully listens to us anymore. This is a Wayne, this is a Wayne check. Hopefully if you hear this, I want you to tell Sean and I that you heard us say this anyway. Um, but sometimes you listen, you're like, eh, I get behind whatever. So Saul, someone may listen to you go, eh, that, that show Saul does not for me. That's totally fine, man. If you and your wife are doing this and you're having a good time, keep trucking, send us a link, send us stuff, man. And we'll, uh, we'll pimp that for you. Yeah, we'll put it in die roll. Booyah. So, I, you know, obviously Saul did not write in with any specifics of, you know, any problem or anything he was running by us. So very gracious enough to write us. Thank you. Don't be a stranger. If you are, if you are wondering, well, should I write these guys or should I not write these guys? Error on the side of writing us. Absolutely. Cause, we have because Brett doesn't do. come up with topics, so oh, oh, you know, I, I do sometimes. He, he does, but <laughs> sometimes he just takes whatever you write us and makes it a topic. Because it's way better than the shit I've come up with. That's true. <laughs> Seriously, though, I mean, I, we we can't. Sometimes we'll like someone will write in, and Sean will look and go, "Oh crap!" So and so wrote in. We completely forgot, and we try to slide that stuff in, and to get it in there. Um, so if we did, if you did write to us and we missed you for some reason, we apologize. We're sorry because we love hearing from you guys and reading this stuff is is cool. And uh, the perspectives, the stories, it's awesome. It really is. So keep now, it coming. Now, having it said coming. that, Saul, with the Tecamo and the Empire of the Petal Throne, 
I know somebody who is on their foundation. You know, Victor. Oh, that's right. Victor Raymond's in Madison. He lives across the street from me. So if you, I think it's, I think it's the Tecamo Foundation. I don't remember what what it's I think called. Jeff but. Jeff D is another old school guy, artist, game designer dude. Jeff D was a huge Empire of the Pedal Throne guy too, I think. But if you want you want to you know check it out or become a part of that community, I know that. I mean that's. I'm sure they're online. Just Google it. It's another resource for you to tune in. Um, they re-released some of the the Empire of the Pedal Throne stuff. Um, I think we a few podcasts ago. Um, so you might listen to this in like a month or so. I don't know. <laughs> Sean, did you ever get into Empire of the Pedal Throne? I always saw, I was like Empire of the Pedal Throne adjacent in so far as I knew it was this super cool old school thing. Um, was it M.A. Barker? Yes. M.A. Barker, professor. Yes. If I recall correctly. Yep. Um, design created. It was this really cool, amazing thing. And it was always that piece of like, yeah, I should look at that. Um, it's kind of... <laughs> I have Pendragon, so I can actually read Pendragon. But it kind of always reminded me of the Pendragon thing as far as I'm like, it's a thing I should take a look at and maybe run someday because it seems to have a lot of coolness to it. I just haven't gotten into it. I should do that. So I never heard of it until I ran into Victor. And that was really? and I've only known Victor for well, it's been a little while. I mean, it's not like we go out and, you know, chug beers back every week or anything. But, you know, I've I don't remember how I think I met Victor through gaming probably the Grumbling Dwarf when I ran that website. Um, and Victor went to school in Minnesota. And so he knew Professor Barker. As That's a matter right. of fact, I ran, and and one of the Gary Cons, a little story, one of the Gary Cons, um, Adam Thornton, I believe, and Victor, uh, so some of you might not know Adam, some of you may, uh, you know, he's a RPGer. Um, he's on Google+. Plus. But he and Victor got together and had all these computers, like old computers, big, huge 19-inch CRT, like plopped them down at GaryCon on Sunday to transfer a butt-ton of old files wow. off of hard drives and floppy disks, like, you know, three-and-a-half-inch floppies. Five-and-a-quarter, five the big... Though he, they, I don't think they had any of those. <laughs> they didn't go that far? That's no. still crazy. No, though. they didn't go to wow. eight inch either. So I don't know about wow. the eight inch. <laughs> um, so they they were transferring those files to archive a lot of that stuff, and um, that's how I think that, and Victor brought it up like this. So he's he's all deep into that. Uh, probably knows quite a bit of the lore, and you know knew the author. Um, Professor Barker, who's no longer with us. But anyways, that's how I found out about it. And I I'd never heard about it through the 80s, the 90s. I mean, it wasn't probably until 20, God, I don't know, 2015 or 2014. Huh. Yeah. As I said, I always knew it was a thing. I'd see it in the old Dragon magazines or hear some of the old guys talk about it around me, but it was always, I was always adjacent to it. It was never, no one I knew or gained with was into it. They know, oh yes, that thing. And they uh, always knew a person who knew a person type of deal. So yeah. interesting. Cool yeah. stuff. Thanks. Thanks again, Saul. Good stuff, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. What do we got here? Michael D writes in. Hey, guys. Longtime listener. First time patron backer. Although, he continues, Sean hating on spellcasters might mean that it may have to reconsider. Sean, you're going to cost us a backer. Check, your hate at the, check that hatred at the door. Man. <laughs> I play spellcasters. <laughs> Poorly. Um, hey, oh. Oh, wow. 
So he said, we'll see what happens going forward. He's hoping to get to GameholeCon. I highly recommend playing the WearGators game. He's excellent. And uh, Michael D also asked if we know anyone with a room for rent super cheap. I do not know. All the gamers I'm aware of, I am either crashing with or I know their rooms are already full. Huh. Um, I do not know anybody or locations. I know that a lot of the stuff that's immediately connected to the Clarion or nearby adjacent to Sheridan tend to fill up pretty damn fast. So I would not doubt those are full, Michael. You probably will have to look outside of it. The other thing to do is if you're interested in like talking to to gamers, yeah, I'll say random gamers, right? Because obviously we don't know these people. Um, GameholeCon has a couple different groups on Facebook. They're actually fairly active on Facebook, more so than they are on G+, which is a shame, Alex. Anyway, go out there, and that might be a good place to poke around, or even on the Twitters, and uh, see what you can find. Because I don't doubt, Michael, that it's not just you. There's probably a couple other folks out there who would love to show up and are looking to either split a room, find a room, or locate something. It's been so damn long. I've been very fortunate in that Kevin, Kev Thulu, uh, friend of friend of the show in front of uh, Sean and I, um, he and I usually room together at GameholeCon, and uh, he's been so kind as to take the rent the room burden off of me. I just say, where are we at? We're over here. How much are we? Here it is. <laughs> that's all I have to do. So he's a gentleman and a scholar of that, Kevin. But anyhow, um, that's what I'm thinking. Sean, you got any better advice? Well, so if you don't mind driving probably five or six miles and you can you know, Google Maps this thing, you could go to the, what's called the Spence Motel on East Washington Avenue. Uh, it's one of those hotels. Why, why would you do that? One of those hotels. Why would you do that to anybody? It's a hotel. It's kind of cheap. Uh, I think they may even rent by the hour. Um, <laughs> it's one of those. So the night, and you get a discount. <laughs> you get a discount if you have to clean the chalk outlines up yourself. You you may want to bring your own sheets and bedding. I'm just saying. And uh, <laughs> yeah. so if you're yeah, really that's, that's that's terrible. Right across from our advice. right across from our local strip club uh, in Madison. So. Yeah, that's that's terrible advice. I am not making this up either. So anybody, I know you're not. We we are only slightly exaggerating the the horrors that would that would befall you were you there. Uh, I would be interested to find out what how many stars the Spence Hotel um, gets on for ratings. Spence. I don't I don't think they rate via stars. I think they rate via other things. I don't know. Anyway, shall we move on? I suppose main right. topic. Hey. Michael, thank you for listening and for backing. Always, always a pleasure, man. Yes, thank you, thank you very much. It's much, much appreciated. All right, Brett, you ready for it? Brett is Brett. It's so it's a it's a Brett weekend. <laughs> so you can set your watch to it. Brett is going up north to either game or frolic. Around in the, the woods. woods. And frolic he did. I, I was indeed frolicking. I can only frolic at a certain pace, though, because my son was with me. And AJ is only 12. Right. So. And he doesn't want to show off too much frolicking. No, not In front much. of the young lad. But whenever that happens, Brett, it's like, comes back and says, hey, man, you know, can we can we not record on Sunday night? You know, I'm not going to be home on time or I'm going to be beat. I say, OK, Brett, no problem. But Brett, to this point, still hasn't created the outline, which has been the whole week that Brett has had time to do that. Yeah, I'm I'm a busy guy. He's bu- <laughs> he is he's busy, ladies and gentlemen. No, I'm I'm a and, slack ass. And so Brett came back t- 
it's back to work and the civilization from frolicking. And he's like, hey, man, shared the outline, which was pretty early today. Yeah. 10 o'clock, maybe ish. So, but I don't know because Sean's working, by the way. <laughs> so I haven't had time to look over this topic. So, Brett, what am I so, what, how, how ill prepared am I going to be in addressing well, this, this topic for our listeners that are looking for complete and utter value out of so this, this show? So, this is, uh, that was a ugly way to say you dumb <laughs> fucker, Brett. <laughs> Get on the stick, you dick. This All is right, this so. is my way of passive aggressively <laughs> telling Brett. Wow, that's nice. Thanks, man. That I should do better. Okay, I'll try. So hard. after this show, Brett will like should create like twenty copies. Oh yeah, they'll be outlined shared to you. They'll be blank there, and that's okay there. if they're blank because then I could start uh, making notes. Uh huh. Yeah, that happens, people. It's gonna start, people. <sighs> <laughs> All right. So the, what I want to talk about the is gauntlet. Loot. The gauntlet. Yes. <laughs> so what I talk about is loot. So one of the things that this started with a conversation I had with um, when I was up playing Star Wars with my butt. Time out. Yeah. Loot, loot. Loot verb or loot noun. Loot the uh, the noun. Loot stuff you find. Gear. I got you. I'm going to define it in a minute. Oh, I'm sorry. Getting ahead of because Brett. loot the verb also played into this. Guys, I'm see. playing Star Wars with my buddy. Nick is running a great Star Wars game. Hey, Nick, he's doing good work. Do you hear and that, Nick? Get the praises of the frolicker. We're going. Stop that. <laughs> we're going through, and uh, we start looting the bodies. We start loot verbing the bodies, and somebody, one of us, says something along the lines of, "Why are we looting bodies in Star Wars?" Well, what it comes down to. We're being hunted, and the people that came after us, the bounty hunters, said some pretty fucking sweet-ass gear. We're like, I could use that. That armor looks good. Hey, that's cool. Hey, we got to figure this something out. So we start looking for clues. We did it ostensibly because we're like, hey, maybe they have a clue on them. Well, then Nick starts describing the gear these, these this uh, all-female assassin team had. We're like, that's some pretty sick gear. Um, maybe we can try to reverse engineer some of this stuff or find out where it came from. And we got to talking about it during a break. I said, you know, what's interesting to me, and this is a different diatribe we can get into another day, but old school D&D was a lot of was, uh, loot was a huge thing. The noun looting and getting loot was big. You needed it. You couldn't fight the gargoyle in the next room if you didn't have a plus one sword because they're immune to anything other than plus one or better magic, magic items or magical effects only. Wail on them all day long with your broadsword. Didn't fucking matter. Tenth level warrior. No magic item. You all fucked. Still needed that loot. <clears throat> you need that gear. You need that cool stuff. And we got to talking about it. And one of my players is likes 5e, not huge on it. He said, ah, 5e ruined that because the characters don't even need loot now. It's not even that big a deal. And I said, hold on, hold on, hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I said, I think I go back to like third edition. So we just start hashing that out. But at the end of all things, not to make this a D&D uh, versioning discussion, we started talking about how we missed looting and looking for loot where it was a key thing where it was the piece that would help to differentiate our characters or it was something that we went on adventures for because we needed something to make ourselves better stronger tougher or whatever it was just the the need or the drive to have loot finding gear and goodies has kind of passed as far as the games we've been playing lately it hasn't been important i thought huh I wonder about that. So I thought I'd say, hey, Sean, what do we think about this? And um, 
how do you like to game that type of thing? I know it's part of the, the kind of the OSR approach and even in OSR games like Traveler, the original stuff by Mark Miller and, and so on, you know, finding ships, finding equipment and things and and uh, lo- looting derelict hulks in space and grabbing gear <clears throat> could be a, a critical part of certain games. So I'm defining loot the noun as anything the PCs would collect during the course of play. Uh, it's stuff that the player then can use to improve their PCs in some way. You know, plus one sword, better uh, armor, um, a lightsaber, something you found. And or conceivably as well, it's something or things, thing or things that are needed as part of the plot. And I find that the third version there, the third component of that definition, things needed as part of the plot is how we tend to use loot more in my current, my home group games. If they find something in a game like, ah, this has significance, it's named, it has something important to it. It clearly must be tied to the plot because otherwise we never would have found this thing. So, Sean, I just babbled a whole bunch there. What's your reaction to that? What do you think? You don't know. He leans into the mic. I think it. De- I think it's going to be dependent upon what kind of game you and your players want to have. Well, what do you like, Sean? If I was going to run a game for you, and let's let's say you're everybody's like, you know what? We'll do whatever Sean wants. Do you like <gasps> a game? What? Then come on. Well, we're Hold talking. On. We're talking some kind of weird ass gaming <laughs> BS Nirvana because that shit ain't happening. <laughs> But do you, as a as a player, a game master, do you like games where loot is a driver like that? Do you like it where loot is something that helps PCs differentiate themselves? Like, hey, they went out and found stuff. They went to the asteroid in the whatever nebula, found some stuff and made their ship better or found something, artifacts, bits and pieces. Easy to look at, you know, D&D, but even uh, in other game systems and so forth, you know, getting gear, spy games, you know, finding gadgets and stuff. Is that cool to you? Do you like that being a, an active thing that you as a player collect? In a majority of the games that I would want to play, I would say no. Mm. I, I'm not. That actually shocks me. I, I was thinking you were going to say yes. I was all prepared for yes. I was all ready to smile and go, ah, I thought so. And you got me, man. Wow, really? Yeah, Brett. It's, you know, how Why well do not- how well do you really know me, Brett? Apparently, I don't. I don't know who this Sean is. I got to keep it sassy after all these years. He got a new microphone, and now he's just changed his whole attitude. Yeah, something like that. So why don't you? What? what, What's the? uh, Is it a turnoff, or just not? As a Sean Kelly, as a player, you just don't care for it, or what's the deal? It's. It is not something. So again, goes back to the type of game. So if you were to say, "Hey, we're gonna play like a Firefly based." science fiction game where you're members of a ship and everywhere you're you're you don't have any money or resources and the whole point of the campaign is to keep your ship afloat and survive then i can say all right man loot is going to be the deal so that's my take for that. So so you would actually look at it and as a player you want it to you want your desire for loot to be driven by the type of game. If you that, don't have you don't as a player you don't have an in an innate like I want to get stuff. No, as a player it is not innate for me to go and yeah, and and warcraft it out. No. Okay. Maybe a bad analogy but whatever. No, no, no. That that that's uh, that's fine. No, I get that. Okay. Now 
why would be the reason or why, why would I not want to do that? You know, back in the day, that's kind of the deal. You got a lot of gold. You wanted to buy stuff. You wanted to create a keep and ultimately retire and be, get all these followers and blah, 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 blah. blah. And it was kind of part of being young and naive for me. Okay. Now it's, there are things that mean more to me in a role-playing game than just collecting a bunch of crap. Now, if that crap has relevance, so maybe I, maybe the goal is to go up in levels, quote unquote, in a level-based system. But you want to tie, you want to tie to the game. You don't just want to show up and say, Hey, look, I'm here to collect as much swag as I can. So like my buddy doc. Love you, Doc. I don't think he listens to this, which is fine. Of course not. But Doc is, you know, he he when he's a player, he's he's keeping track of all the loot. And I think we just got a ship in uh, Starfinder, or we got we got eligible for upgrades. I believe Doc is the source of the piece of paper that says "I Greyhawk it." Yeah, we Greyhawk it, and then he just holds up the piece of paper. <laughs> so it is all about the all right. The thing's dead. What do we get? Okay. And part of that is in some games, like you're alluding to, Brett, that stuff plays a factor in your survivability and your progression. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you can't go and kill things that are harder and tougher to kill if you don't have the right equipment. And much of that equipment is... You find it or you buy it. And in order to buy it or find it, you have to adventure and kill things or you have to find treasure and buy things. <laughs> because I th- I think what's interesting is like when I, I said with my Star Wars game that I'm playing in, it is so natural. Susan asked me, my wife asked me before every podcast, what are you going to talk about tonight? And I tell her, she goes, oh, that sounds interesting. And she goes, oh, does she, did she say, does she say, does Sean know? No, she doesn't say that. <laughs> Not yet. I'll tell her this. I'll tell her this is that she'll ask me from now on. But she says usually one of two things. That's interesting. Or, oh, I bet that's interesting to you. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, eh, you know, yeah. whatever. Well, anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> but she asked me, she goes, well, why do people still loot the bodies then? Because I was bringing this up and I said, I don't, I think it's a reflex action. And we both laughed. I said, I'm serious. It, it is so built into gaming culture. You kill the thing, you loot the bodies, you take their stuff. Yeah, it's like a it's built, slogan. It's built, yeah, yeah, it's built in. Like kill monsters, take their stuff. Murder hobo, kill people, take their stuff. It's built in. <clears throat> Even in a Call of Cthulhu game, you kill the cultist, you search the bodies. Um, you end up searching the bodies for clues. You're looking for stuff again to move the plot forward. Because to your point, Sean, it's the type of game that kind of drives it. But I have found that in uh, in Gumshoe games, <clears throat> I have found that the people who as players love loot. And when I say loot, I mean anything the PCs can collect. Anything includes not only physical gear, but knowledge, clues, hints, allegations, and so forth. Things that they can pick up. When you play a gumshoe game, you'll find people who burn through their their investigative points because they just want to get as much as they can off of every corpse or every room or everything. They're looking for some form of loot, be it clues, knowledge, physical items, artifacts from the ancient evil that they've got to defeat later on, whatever it happens to be. And I have found, quite frankly, that 
a number of players, and even I've run into this at cons, like gathering a loot, regardless of the game. They want to search the body, even if there's no point to it. Like, you, you, you design this adventure, they kill 10 goblins. Well, we look through the goblins, do they have anything? Well, like rusty swords or daggers, and they got like a good short sword. Okay, I take that. It's a con game. What the fuck? Are you? Oh, fine, fine. You have the one good short sword that all five goblins had. Yes, okay, I have that. Some people totally love that shit. And for me as a player, I like it. I actually do. I think I'm on the other side. I like doing that stuff. <clears throat> I like finding things. Because one of the reasons I like playing role-playing games um, is for the discovery perspective, like finding stuff. And that, that's neat to me. And I think part of it is my innate... Dungeons and Dragons-ness in my head is always looking for the next bit of gear or a clue or something that would give me a leg up on the next encounter or whatever that is. But um, I think it's I think it's interesting and it's almost like <clears throat> a facet of how your players like to play that uh, if you put your Game Master hat on, step behind the other side of the screen, is that a thing, Sean, when you're playing with a doc and who likes to get that stuff do you make sure that Doc has stuff like that to get? Or do you like, ah, too fucking bad, Doc? This adventure's not about loot. Screw you. You know, do you, do you, do you, um, I'm not saying that you have to, not you specifically, but should we, as game masters, give that type of player stuff to find? Because I've noticed this as I've talked to people, and the more con games I've run or, or, or been a part of, certain people like to loot the bodies and find cool shit because they want it. They think it's important. I loot him, take his gun. Why, why do you need his gun? It, it, okay, so you've got the cop's gun. Yeah, I take the cop's gun. Okay. <clears throat> Sometimes they're just like, they want to be ultra, ultra prepared because they don't know what the thing is in the sewers or they don't know what the thing is behind the door. They just want to be uber prepared. So anyway, short version, do you think, and do you perhaps with Doc, feed that need? What do you think? Yeah, oh yeah. Um, you know, I... It's like not, seriously feed it or do you just give or do you just feed him like crumbs of bullshit just to shut him up and mock him? God, man, back in the day, we used to. So for those that are not. um, We're under 50. Or, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who are not uh, over the age of 35 or 40, probably there used to be the Monty Hall game. So if you want to go on the game show network and find out when Let's Make a Deal is playing, that's the old Monty Hall was the host of that game. And yes. Monty Hall campaigns were always about the, so in Let's Make a Deal, you pick from door number one, door number two, or door number three. And when you play Monty Hall games, it's all about just piles of crap you come across. And the Game Master just puts everything out there for the party to just grab and use at their leisure. This is how um, the plethora of Plus Five Holy Avengers ended up in certain worlds. and That's right. Th thieves with a wand of Orcus and some mage somewhere who happens to have the, you know, sword of demon kind or whatever. Yeah, that's how that happens. No rationing. Just or, rash, or rationale. <laughs> or rationale. Um, so I think that doing it in in a sense that makes sense or that, I mean, I, I, so I don't restrict anything because I want it to be, you know, a less, the, the, the scale of economics to be on a lesser scale as much as... Um, 
I mean, I don't, I don't think giving away the farm is the way to go either. But yeah, but when Doc is is uh, wants the Greyhawk the room, he's like, okay, we kill the bad guys that search the room. Do we find anything? Well, you're gonna throw bones. Right. So you got to remember, though, I usually run pre-published adventures. So if I'm doing that and, you know, the thing one and thing two have whatever on them and they search the bodies and come across them, they get those things. But you're never going to say, I shouldn't say never, but you would not deign to say there's nothing of value on them. If you, it, wouldn't, you, you wouldn't do that. If you would list out like they have ratty, ratty leather armor. They've got two rusty daggers. Right. Do you do that? Yeah. If it says like, hey, here, you know, or if it doesn't say what their gear is, but they're attacking these guys with something, I'm going to say, well, it looks like they got a short sword. It's not master craft or anything. And they're going to. So if I ask, if if, whatever, if if I want to see what the space pirates have on them and I ask you, I I take the time to ask you what the space pirates have. You're going to tell me what they've got. Yeah. Okay. If it's outlined in the adventure, I'm going to give them unless. Because even when it's been outlined in an adventure for me, I've done the, like, look, this is a waste of fucking time. What? Which I think is probably, I have done that. And I think <sighs> it's probably a bad form on my part. And this is part of the reason why I want to talk about it. And you like it, though. To... And you like it in the goodies. <laughs> I do. And so, but you don't want to give them. No. Oh, no, I'm kidding. Okay. No. <laughs> okay. I, hey, no, Brett, but, I have, hey, everything is, they, everything is right in the world. Is, is it crystal so far? Now? Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> no, I think it's interesting because I, I think my desire to want to get the goodies is I'm like, Guys, you're wasting your time here. There's cooler stuff in the next room type of thing. There's co- the other space pirates have cooler shit. These guys have, you know, basic blasters and no armor. Why are you wasting your time with this? There's cooler stuff down the road. I kind of want to well, ferry them along. There probably is, but they don't know that. Yeah, but my inner Kelly comes out. I'm like, here, just take a ticket. Get on the next train. Well, go to the next room. Yeah, touche. Cool shit. That's where the cool shit is, right? Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, cool. Move them along. Oh, yeah, yeah. You just say that to him. Hey, Dude, hey, there's cooler shit down the there's road. There's cooler shit down the road. The problem hallway. is my players would look at me and go, you're fucking lying. I, I double search <laughs> the bodies. My players would look at that as the obvious trick, and they would double, triple search the bodies. Hey, you could still use it, though. They would start cutting bodies open, looking for, like, implants and things. They would do that. My players are weird. <laughs> So it totally makes sense for you just to do that as a red herring with the players. Yeah. (laughs) You guys think this, you guys think this is good. Oh man. Wait till you get down, babe, behind door number three. It's going to be crazy. (laughs) Mind explode. (laughs) Craziness. All right. So let me, let me move this to a different swords everywhere. Do you like games? That in their mechanics and their core, the way they're set up, where you need loot to improve your PCs, or do you prefer games where that's not a big deal? What's not a feature of your PC improvement? I don't want. So, it to, I don't want it to be at the center of it. Okay, so I look at old school, m- many OSR style games, um, first edition AD and D, basic D and D, that type of thing. A first level fighter is a first level fighter is a first level fighter. Fifth level fighter is the same as every other person. First level human fighter is the same as everybody else. Perhaps they have slightly different stats, but otherwise they have the same racial bonuses, same class level powers or whatever they have. That's all they have. The thing that would differentiate them was your character was in Greyhawk and went and fought Ayus in the north uh, from invading the free city. And therefore you gained X, Y, and Z devices. My character was in uh, in Faerun, and I delved into you know the the secrets of Undermountain, and I gained 
A, B, and C devices. So your characters, while both being fifth level fighters, can be very different based because of the gear and the nature of that adventure. The gear kind of made the character in some ways. At least this is how it kind of plays in my head. Um, but you don't, you prefer a game, and I'm probably putting words in your mouth, where that's not necessarily the case. You're like, look, I can make my character different or differentiated between all these different other fifth level fighters or fifth level space pirate captains through a different mechanism within the game. I don't need, you don't want loot to help you define your character. Well, I do, I do like legendary items. I like the mentality behind a legendary item. So if, ah, okay. That's a good point too. Yeah. If, if they're, if the party goes off and you know, the paladin comes back with an Excalibur, that's way cooler than a plus. Yeah, you know, we got two plus two swords. That's kind of blase, right? Well, some, I think sometimes we need to flavor it up a little bit. Uh, you know, not always. Oh, we've talked. Yeah, we've talked about that before. Name that shit. Right? Yeah, name it like it's special or they don't even know what it is. And you got to tell them it's a plus one plus two. So when they're rolling dice, they can make the the necessary calculations. But it wouldn't it be nice if they never even knew. And it was just this cool sword that I always whenever I did that in the past sidebar, I always did the math myself on the side. Did you really? Yeah, I guess if it's I knew not they too hard. Were, yeah, I would say are you using the special sword. Is yeah. it special? I don't know. You call it special. I'm just calling it special. Right. Yeah. 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 All right, Eric. Roll. Cool. Right. At eight points of damage. Is it just eight? Looks like eight to you. And I'd write down nine because I know. Right. It's a plus one, man. Yeah. Or you could give them the cursed one. Yay. Yeah. Oh, that's fun yay, too because then yay, you, then you yay. let them feel like they're doing more damage. But the cool thing is they would find out through using that plus two mace. What'd you roll? Sixteen. You hit. Well, he, he rolled the hit armor class. Oh, right. ding. The lights go, wow, this thing's cutting through armor. Then we realize magic, and they could, again, through use. Right. But anyway, <clears throat> short back back to the topic at hand, if we could. Yes. Perhaps. Um, I think it. I think this is a piece where in my in my Star Wars games in my that I've been playing in, um, loot is very important to Dave's character. Dave's character is a cyborg. So... Very, um, that that's just kind of how he designed this character. It's kind of cool. But body modifications and changes to him is basically loot for him. He's finding ways to improve himself through gear, right? Sure. That's how he does it. And um, those within the group that are force sensitive had to go, like, obtain lightsabers. It wasn't that you just don't buy a lightsaber at the corner market type of thing. You had to go obtain them, figure it out, get crystals and blah, 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 blah. And, and we had to do this thing. It became, it's part of the game, right? It's part of the storyline that Nick has laid out for us. So we're, we're working through and fumbling our way in this wonderful sandbox he's got. Listen to Brett but, talk Star Wars. Yeah, this That's is so wrong. adorable. This is all, I'm <laughs> positive I'm wrong in almost every regard. Yeah. And again, this is how I'll tell when Wayne Humphrey's listening because he'll slap me next time with his lightsaber. Anyhow, I think um, it, it's become kind of, it's a requirement that we have to have these things. In order to improve our PCs, because the challenges in front of us are such that we cannot defeat them without this stuff. Um, the way that system works, if we didn't have that stuff, we wouldn't be able to do it. At least in the adventures we're running. Well, that's, take it. yeah, that's the trick. Like there's, I mean, even Tomb of Annihilation, you know, somebody's given, so a couple of people have given me a heads up where, you know, you're not coming across the butt ton of, Magic items. No, five E doesn't have tons of magic from what I have seen. No, and and when you get to the end and you need to, you need it. 
or do you? I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> gauntlet. Um, <laughs> well, you know, then, uh, I, then I, you got to throw them a bone. You got to give them the right stuff so they can accomplish what they need to do. Yep. Yeah. But you don't like it being kind of like baked in, right? So I, I, I say, and somebody out there will get cranky at me for this or think I'm, I'm missing a point of some kind, but it feels to me in many of the OSR style games that I've been, that I've played and I actually enjoy and a piece of it that I miss right now personally is not the reliance on loot per se to improve my PC, but the drive to go get the loot. Like, hey, um, I'd like to improve my character through adventuring. And one of the things that you improve through adventuring is not only gathering experience points through defeating monsters um, by trickery, by murder, by <laughs> by rock slide, however it is you accomplish, you know, defeating the monster. Um but also by uncovering lost magical items. So to me, some of that in a D&D place has always been uncovering what was lost or forgotten in ancient civilizations, magic items left behind in a dragon's horde. You finding that stuff, it's fucking cool. And that's where I think your drive, you said, you know, make the magic items cool, right? It's not just a <clears throat> plus two flame tongue. It's the plus two, you know, flame tongue that's called, you know, dragon's bane. That's called dragon breath or, you know, ice bane or something cool. Give it some flavor. But even in, but I like that, and I think I I think I'm kind of missing it, which is one of the things I like about how Nick is running a Star Wars game, is that it's, you know, it's scratching that itch I have. I I want to find cool stuff and have it be part of my character's advancement. You get it doesn't it's you it's got not, that Nick? <laughs> hey Nick, are you listening? Hey Nick, are you out there? Nick's not listening. <laughs> but I'm positive. I'm positive that. Um, I'm positive if he did listen, he'd be like, ah, yes, that's pretty much what I'm doing. Um, anyway, I, I like that. I like that piece of it. It's not required, right? I, you could play that game without having to having to go get a lightsaber or figure out how to make one or whatever it is. But I think because it's part of the story to keep it going, I want to go get it to make my character better. And when I play my fantasy games, I like it being a... a a feature of my character improvement. Like, hey, look, this plus three thing really, really helps. And having character classes or um, feats or whatever it is that have all these extra bonuses and powers and stuff is kind of, I, it, it's, I guess I've been doing that so long that the older thing feels interesting to me again. Maybe I'm just burned out on the different approach. I don't know. No, I totally get it. I mean, I don't, I don't I don't see why that is a problem and I totally see the under the the desire to be in a game where that's kind of the thing. I mean, I think there me personally, I think there's a balance and I think every game master out there probably has an understanding of that. Right? I it's, just I just think that <clears throat> I think it's interesting when you when I when I started thinking about it and I AJ asked me why I like Osric or Moldave and so on. I was explaining. Did you, to did, him. did you tell him because I'm just freaking old? Because I'm old. God damn it! <laughs> I colored my own dice when I was a kid, and I liked it. Liked it fine. Anyway, I got uh, dice older than you. I, I do. I know <laughs> he's twelve. <laughs> I got dice older than my oldest son, who's nineteen. Anyway, um, oh god. Anyhow, I through talking through it, I'm like, you know, there's a there's a need that a lot of players have, and as you lovingly call it, you know, going through the, the Warcrafting component, you want to go kill stuff and take their things. 
we have this desire to loot <laughs> as gamers. We want to kill them and loot their shit. Even when I played Vampire or Amber, for God's sakes, if they ever defeated a bad guy, they loot the corpse. We wouldn't say looting because you weren't playing D&D. You would say, I searched the body. Right. I'm looking for a clue. Right. You're looting. <laughs> you're going through his pockets and looking for loose change, right? This is what you're doing. You're trying to find stuff. You kill the space pirate. You, you tear the body apart trying to find something, whether it's a clue or whatever it is. And um, th there's a component, though, of having those things, not just for advancing the plot, but something that through that gaining of loot that makes my character cooler is uh is a drive that i think i have that i've been missing that the star wars game is, is kind of like i said scratching that itch and it just made me think as i was talking to aj about it I'm like i wonder if that's like a thing that other players have that we as game masters should recognize is <clears throat> it's kind of like a player subtype if you, you know people we always like to type players and game masters into hey what does he or she really enjoy doing or how do they like to game and maybe that person is like, you know, what they really like is they like finding cool shit to add to their character. And through that collection of cool loot, that's how they like to improve their PC. That that's I think that's worth noting because I have found that some people are like, I don't like this game as much. Everything's same, same. Everything's same, same. And as we've talked through this, I'm like, you know what? I think some of what they're same, same is, is they're not finding loot. Because the games that they really enjoyed that I've run for them in the past was when they found loot and the loot was the cool thing to help make their character cool because that was the character who had the Axe of the Dwarvish Lords, right? That was a character who had the gear. That thing that nobody else had. They yeah, really grew they really grew on it. At the bottom of their bag of holding. Yes. <laughs> Buried in there somewhere. Anyway, that that was that's pretty much it, man. I just I just thought it was interesting, interesting thought, and I didn't know. I was kind of curious where you fell. That's interesting to hear that you uh, are not like a loot guy. Yeah, I, I, man, I don't keep track of any of that crap if I can help it. Like all the gold. I mean, everybody gets 750 gold. I write it down on my character sheet. I spend, go to the end. Uh, how many, you know, how much for a room for the night? Two gold, one gold. Done. Yeah. One, scratch off one gold. Like, I you just, know, what's interesting is I that keep I don't track of some of that shit. I never thought, I don't honestly think of, as a player, I don't think of money as loot. <laughs> Why, I don't know. I always think of gear, like cooler stuff. Uh, probably because <laughs> D&D has ruined me on just the <laughs> medieval finances, right? Where I've got 6,000 gold pieces on me, because I can carry that apparently. Right. And uh, yeah, and, uh, money's not an object. So we've talked about making money important and stuff in other episodes. But anyway, cool. Anything else, man? I think we're good. No, let's get the dire roll. All right. So somebody out there thinks we're wrong or has better info or different insight, obviously. Do what Saul and Michael D did, right? Uh, smoke signal us. Well, we're not good at that. But call in, email, or uh, Facebook, G+, plus the whole bit. Let us know what you think. Like it, love it. Do you do it in your game? Exactly. All right, shall we? Yeah. Brett Scott. Nothing. Zipping. It's a Brett weekend. I was frolicking. That's was true. Brett. I was I was busy looking for things to kill. I did not have time to come up with die rolls. Although you did, um, I had one. I'm like, oh, this is oh the Monty Cook. Oh, he took that one. Never mind. Backers at the ten dollar level will find a video of Brett frolicking 
I should. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, we could do that. Just like me stoically sitting in a tree. Hi. <laughs> this is this is no 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 no. Oh, you want you want you want a full. We on want frolic? all on frolic. We want so AJ <clears throat> sitting there with a phone, laughing his ass off because his dad's frolicking through the woods. I could do that. I'm comfortable. I could do that. We'll that put it out me. to all patrons. That wouldn't bother me. I could do that. Anyway. <laughs> Freed. All right. So escape escaping from shadow, Monty Cook's Invisible Sun, an article by David Higgins on a, a site I have not come across ever before. Uh, the site is Los Angeles Review of Books, which looks kind of official in nature. So I was quite surprised to see that. Um, and I don't know if it found its way on my Google Plus feed or what it was. But if you want to write up, if you want to read a write up on Invisible Sun, it's worth reading. And Brett, since you own the game, you might want to read it and find out what Invisible Sun is about. <laughs> I've been slowly but surely making my way through it. It is a dense, it is a dense number of tomes. And uh, Tom Flanagan from Nights of Night was asking me what I thought, <clears throat> and um, had a couple other people hit me up offline that have given some kind of official thought around there. It's 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 de- it's thick as far as getting into it and through it. What's interesting to me through all this is like this is a. It, I read part of this write up earlier and I'm like, it's really interesting, but it is a book that won't, it is a game that won't be printed anymore. Basically it was like, it's 240 some dollars to get in on it. And it's, uh, I don't know. So it was a one and done. Like they kickstarted it and that's it. I mean, they could do some pre-orders and stuff, but I don't know if you, yeah, I don't know if like five years from now you'll be buying invisible sun. I have no idea. I, I'm mistakenly saying one and done. I have no real insight into that, but it just, it's, I don't know. Anyway, interesting. Interesting indeed. Second one for me, the spy who re- replay, role played me. Five fantastic espionage RPGs, which was written by our buddy Rob Wheeland. Guest of the show, friend of the show, Rob yeah, Wheeland. On Geek and Sundry, he put those up. And I think I own every single one that he posted except the new Top Secret. I don't own that one. Oh, yeah. But I we got to get that one. But I think I own all the rest of the ones that he put up there. Yeah, we got to get New World Order, dude. We got to go. Yeah. Uh, like it or not, you're going to buy it. You know you will. Uh, nah, don't sass me. Get in there. And then the last one for me, Expedition to the Barrier Peaks. Is it making a comeback? So there was a hint of a survey of what would you find in an expedition to the Barrier Peaks. So for those of you that have not played the infamous module, we won't give it away. But there, every once in a while, or I should say, in the past, Wizards of the Coast has released a or an adventure for... Uh, extra life. Yes. Yep. So they may release this new revised version for extra life. And extra life is a charity that goes towards the hospital network, children's hospital network throughout the U S and is run. God, I don't know. There's other, there's people that do it all throughout like the end of the year. Mm -hmm. So anyways, expedition of the barrier peaks. I brought that up this past weekend and a buddy of mine, I was like, oh, that's a that's a good module. Oh, that's a great adventure. 
It's a great adventure. This, this I have found very few things that were like, I will get oh, that's so fucking stupid or oh that's awesome. You don't understand it. God, that's dumb. I totally understand it. It's still dumb. <laughs> I get the weirdest. I get the weirdest. Um, not a lot of middle ground on the people I've talked to. Right. Oh, and be like, so that's all I have for die roll for this 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 week. Um, we we didn't list any for the listeners. Um, if you if we overlooked it, apologies. I do have a question for Brett. Yes. As he's doing outlines, as I'm talking to him, you dirty bastard. You got two of them. I know you do. I'm, I'm getting two all the notifications coming across my phone. I know. Um. So I have I have a situation that I want to I want to I was actually quite proud that I came up with this, but I want to run this by you as a, as a scenario. How Brett okay. how Brett would run this, right? Okay. Because okay. I don't think we need a ton of rules to figure this out. Because okay. I don't think the rules are going to help. Am I being set up? Because I feel like I'm being set up. It's an encounter that I had run into. Am I being set up or am I not being set up? I don't think so. I don't think so. So I'm just checking. Tomb of Annihilation spoilers. If you're going through it, I don't know if it's really spoilers. This is kind of just what happened. That if you're in the Tomb of Annihilation, you may come across. um, And so you may take this as a, oh, that was that's a good idea. And then use it. So maybe you don't want to tune into this, um, in which case. We'll finish. Move we'll move on. So we'll just say this. This has been another episode of Gaming and BS. I'm Sean. And I'm Brett. Good night and good game and all. All right. So for those that are continuing to stay with us, here's the spoiler encounter for Tomb of Annihilation. Ready, Brett? Okay. All right. You're in a tomb. It's annihilating. Now, without going into a half hour diatribe mm. about this thing. It depends. Right. It, it always does. It always <laughs> does. Do so the group of adventurers make their way, we'll just say, to an encounter. Okay. And, and in that encounter, there's a non-player character that brings up a small group of, you know, an entourage to, to basically meet the player characters. Okay. Okay. The NPC tells them to take action. They, you know... Hey, we need you to go back the way you came and scout out for undead and get rid of them. So in the middle of an adventure, yep. they encounter some NPCs yes. with entourage that says, look, y'all, yeah. back it up, check the undead. You they're at a fort. Okay. Okay. No so fair. So fort. they've gotten to a they've gotten to a point of rest and security and a side quest approaches them. Correct. Well, yeah, they're going along. They come across the fort. They enter the fort. And then the leader of the fort comes out. The leader of the fort seems to be a little uh, incompetent. Okay. okay Captain so, side quest is not competent. Right. And so Captain side quest tells him, hey, thanks for showing up. Where did you come from? Who are you? And what are you doing down here? They say, this is what we're doing. This is where we're going. Blah, 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 blah. He says, great. What I need you to do is take eight of my men and go out back into the jungle and kill the undead because they need to be perched. And the player characters are like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. That's not what we're here to do. And frankly, you're, we don't fall under your command. Yeah, you can't order us around. And he says, no, no, no. So he insists on them. He ins- he's insistent about the whole thing, right? Well, eventually what happens is they're like, no, no. So then 
the person says, all right, arrest them. You won't do what I want. Arrest them. Correct. Arrest them. They're not obeying orders. Arrest them. Tie them up. Shackle them. Okay. Right. Okay. So that's the situation. They're all kind of clumped together. So they let themselves get arrested? No, no. Okay. So one of the spellcasters decides to cast, I don't know if it's Obscuring Mist or what it is, but I can't remember the exact spell, which I'm sure plays relevance to this situation, but give me a break. Anyways, he casts it and it creates a 20 foot radius fog. Okay. Obscuring. Yeah. Fair amount of fog. Yeah. It's fog, 20 feet radius in a area that is essentially probably 40 by 40. Give or oh, take. Oh, wow. Covers a good chunk of it. Okay. Right. Exactly. <clears throat> okay. Now what do you do? So what I would have done is as soon as they said arrest them and the party would have said, whoa, what the hell? Undead attack. I would have had the undead immediately attack at that point. The the gates had not been closed yet. Or somebody heard a noise, opened the gates. I would have had the undead attack and it would force the undead issue. The players could still be irked and annoyed at Captain Sidequest because he's a douchebag. Right. But they would have <clears throat> fought the undead. I would have also probably had one of the undead kill an innocent. Simply to show the, the terror, the horror that, look, this is a real fucking problem. Right. Or if not the undead attack, it would have been the doors burst open. Farmer, wife, and child come in. They're bawling. They're crying. They're back. They're back. They've got my son. And then the open doors, the undead hordes come pouring through, right? So there have been like, oh, my God, immediate problem. That's what I would have done. Yes, but at this point, what has been you, done? You've let it gone too far. The, so the party has they dropped a smoke bomb, man, right in the thing. middle of everything. Same thing. Centered Undead on attacked. the center person in the whole spiel. Undead attacked. So you would have put, you would have had okay. You've got the obs- ob- obscured. I mean, effect. Obscuring mist. Yes. Yes, and you have undead coming at the same time. Absolutely. Now, how do you run that? Make well, it obscured. even more complicated. Well, it's obscured, so whatever the rules are for that, it becomes complicated. Well, I can't see anything. I, I don't know the map, so my assumption is that the undead would come in through the front doors sure. outside of the area where they're at. Sure. So the players are going to have to vacate the area they're at sure. or let people get eaten alive. My question to you is how do you run it either mechanically or unmechanically of them navigating a cloud that they can't see through? So the PCs are NPCs. Uh, whatever, dude. There's all okay, kinds so of shit for, going on. There's freaking 10 NPCs, right. 10 PCs. Right, None so of them can see first. each other. They're all, it's total chaos. So if they're in this room, it's total chaos. I have the undead attack. They're screaming. The sounds of flesh being rendered. Oh my God, he's eating my face. That type of screaming in the background. Yeah. Insert. You look at, you look at the person. Yeah. You look at the person who casts a spell. Is it concentration? Yes. Do you want to keep the fog up or would you like to go fix keep the problem? Keep it up. I want to keep it up. So you're going to keep the fog up. As everybody no cannot one, see. So no one can see. Right. And the undead are going to come in here while you're blinded. I'm just no undead. Sure I'm clear. No undead. There's why no undead. You do, why won't you do the undead? I didn't do the undead. It's done. I'm asking you why not. Bring it in. I didn't think of it point. at the time. We so, could, I could have done it. I didn't do it. Oh, okay. 
Uh, you didn't end there with the room of fog. You progressed past that. Well, I got through it and I made it mechanically. Okay. I came up. Well, you're with asking a me what I would. You're asking me what I would have done. Yeah, and I'm I asking. Done. So the, the undead. What I would have done is as soon as the fog. No, that's what I would have done. As soon as the fog landed. Yeah. It would have been undead or there. No. You're gonna take. You're gonna. Dude, that is done. It's played itself. Then out. you can't ask me what I'm going to do. Okay. All right. So this what you is- want to know is <laughs> you have a very constricted thing, like saying, "Look, here's all you can do." All you were asking me for is how do I deal with the fog? I right. don't have anything else, just a room with 40 people. Yes. I can't figure out what the fuck they're going to do. Right. So if the orders were seize them, how, um, Captain Sidequest, how loyal are his troops? Oh, well, that's debatable. Well, who knows? Who knows? Well, I don't, I don't know. I'm constricted, man. You tied one hand behind my back. What other <laughs> hand you tying? You could, you could, you as game master have the latitude to say that maybe some folks, actually think he's incompetent on his side. So, so anything he, at that point, those people leave. They back out immediately to the nearest wall. Okay. They want to get out of the fog. Right. They back out to the fog. How may how easy do you make this? Do you just wait are you gonna hand wave all this bullshit? Is I guess No. Okay. It's like a roll initiative. Okay. Okay, initiative order. What do you do? Okay. Uh player does this, players do that. So it's the bad guy's turn. Yes. Right. You hear the shuffling sounds and people going you hear people scuffling, shuffling, banging right. into each other, and yep. you hear a clank of somebody hit something solid. He goes, I found the wall. What do you do next? Sean, it's your turn. Okay. And these people are not ready to – they're already under siege by the de- undead. No. <laughs> they they may have – no, they you've, they just told us, hey, there's undead. They need to be eradicated. They're they're terrified. All right. They have to maintain this place. Fucking still they have beating to, that undead horse. No, okay. what, you just told me there's undead out there, and they can't go out and do it themselves because they can't handle it. The people here obviously can't handle it. Otherwise, the Captain Sidequest would just sent his own men to deal with it. They can't do it, so they want you to do it. If that's the point, then these guys are not... They can't risk their lives like this. This is fucked up. These people are scary. The adventurers are crazy motherfuckers. They back up to the wall and try to get out of the fog. Okay. Captain Sidequest is screaming at them. Yep. So they can find out where he is easily enough. Who else is in? Who else is there? Does Captain Sidequest have a uh, vizier? Does he have a priest? Does two, have two, two lieutenants. Are they in the? Are they in the same area? Yes. Are they both loyal to him or not? Well, that's questionable. So, depending on their alignments, they shiv his ass, oh. and, they blame the P- and they blame the PCs. Oh. And the only way that they'll not hang for it is they go take care of the end, or they just do whatever. But I'd turn it into that. At that point, so that's a possibility. Is so, they stab they stab the guy, say, fuck this dude, he's a douche. Right. So they they stab him. <laughs> right. And say, Oh my and one of the and both lieutenants, one of them grabs him, the other one stabs him. They drop him, say, They got Captain Sidequest. And then everybody tries to bat, you know, just <clears throat> wait to see what happens. What did you do? So one of the, and I didn't say this, but one of the guys who is kind of the leader of the party basically did say at one point, hey, if you, if you disobey that order, we will take up arms with you and, and take, have, get you command of the thou post. Oh, okay. So they were, so if they were like, hey, if you think this guy's incompetent, we will back you. Within a mutiny. Yeah, so they could have. They were uh, trying to win over one of the lieutenants. So that lieutenant um, would have been the one to stab him. Right, but Uh, okay, 
So whatever. Or knock him, or knock him unconscious. Even if you don't want to murder him, I think take it, him down. I think it could have been interesting, but what happened was the the spellcaster just dropped a freaking nuke in front of everybody, and then it was just all. He just fireballed them. No, he he dropped the big smoke bomb on everybody. Yeah, but I'm just saying, what happened after that, though? So what I did was I thought. So what I told everybody, what are you going to do? What what is what is your goal? We want to get out of here. Nobody could see anything. Nobody knew where they were going. They actually came up with a pretty creative plan. So what was the wizard's theory for fucking the whole room? Well, I think he. I don't know. Well, that's what some of the party members were like. What? What do you? What? What? Uh? Somebody. Somebody uh, doesn't know. Somebody doesn't know how his spells work. uh, That's how that. That's how that goes. Well. That may be, he knows spellcasters. Why he okay. did that, I have no idea. I imagine he felt like, whoa, what else was I supposed to do? You know, I'm going to, you know, it's, shit was getting crazy or hostile or whatever. Okay. Uh, who knows his rationale? <clears throat> Dustin does. Fair enough. It oops, happened. Yeah. It, it happened. Okay. So what I did was I essentially created a grid of what, like six by six grid. Okay. And I put them in the grid. And I said, okay, here's where everybody starts. And then what I did was I had them roll disadvantage on perception. Okay. For what purpose? Figure out which way they're going. Okay. So if I say, which way are you going? And they go, I'm going towards the gate. That's my intention. I want to get towards the gate. I go, okay. Oh, yeah. Perception and disadvantage totally makes sense. Perception, disadvantage. They roll if they make it. They go in the correct direction. If they fail, use a scatter diagram. If they fail, they roll a D8. And I count clockwise from... Scatter, di- scatter diagram. Kind of, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I count around them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And that's the direction they go. That makes sense. And I that move, totally works. So I move their name from that square to the other one. So that's how I did it with all the party members. So how were the NPCs were the NPCs interacting with them in any way? Well, that was hard for me to kind of coordinate because I could say, well, you run into an NPC, you don't run. I mean, it was through the meta, you're probably running into different things and different people and tripping over this and triple you know, tripping over that. So I guess I like that solution. My approach to those things is it becomes uh, a parlay. It becomes a lot of verbal jockeying. Where he's like, God damn it, you will do blah, blah, blah. Right. One of the lieutenants decides to shiv him if I can't bring an undead. So I can do that thing. If you don't want to do anything like that, they shiv him. They knock him out. Right. And then they say. Well, he, they try to kill he, him. <clears throat> so the party the, got a hold of him because I think I had. Well, I'm just saying I, yeah. I, I get that. But what I instead of because that mechanical component doesn't come to my mind first. My first thought is what would these NPCs do? One of them or two of them doesn't like him to begin with. He's already swayed this person by the PCs. Crack. And he falls. And, and he says, oh, my God, you know, Captain Sidequest slipped and hit his head. He's unconscious. Dissipate the fog. And he starts talking like this. Mm. He wants to engage the, the group and says, lay down your arms, men. Lay down your arms. Clang, clang, clang. You hear blades being dropped. We're not armed. We just need to talk. He's unconscious. He's not in control. I am. Let's talk. Yeah, that's how. That's that's that my was, usual. That was a that's missed, my usual approach. Yeah, that would have been a that would that would be classified <clears throat> as a missed opportunity on my part. Well, the other piece though is that you can have you can have players though that are like, look, we we don't fucking care about any of that. We're just leaving. That's what they were trying to do. So in at that point, they the were like, we that, just need to get the hell out of here. 
Yeah, in the heat of that moment, what you did makes sense. And the scatter diagram concept is cool because that's like, okay, where are you going? Well, I think I'm going here. We right. have to have a map of some kind. So, all right, you end up over here, you end up over there. Um, what gets me in those scenarios is then what do I do when one do, when the party, I look at that and I go, fuck. Half the party's going to be over here. Some are going to be in a corner contemplating their navel. Somebody's going to make it out. It's going to be a complete clusterfuck. I want to keep them in this room and solve the problem. I'm going to solve the problem by having the NPCs parlay. Because few things throw, in my experience, players off than NPCs saying, I don't want to fight. I just want to talk. I took him down. Or even at that point, you know, Captain Sidequist could have been like, okay, um, I have <clears throat> I have way overstepped my bounds. Look, I'm putting my sword down, clang, let's start over. You could do that if you wanted to. I, I, I like the idea if they've already taken the approach to the lieutenant, that the lieutenant says, look, I've had enough of this D-bag anyway. Kunk, caution him. He's down. But we hit his head when he fell. The other men aren't going to know any different. They may on the side go, I know what Lieutenant Billy did. He knocked him down. You know, you know, and the other lieutenant, you know, Marianne may be like, I don't know if I trust Billy anymore. That was kind of kind of cheesy, but they've got their own thing to worry about back and forth. Now, he's unconscious. If you want to play him evil, then they stab the motherfucker and leave him and then they blame the party. And then the party, when they start scattering around, as soon as they bump into an NPC, then NPC takes a hack at them. And now they're in a fight in the fog. Again, they don't leave the room. They've got to deal with the problem. At some point, somebody's going to say, turn off the goddamn fog machine. <laughs> somebody's going to get mad. The wizard's going to either have to shut it off or there's going to be an unseen bloodbath that occurs and people will be slipping and sliding all over the gore. Make sense? Yeah. That's a, that's what I would. Now, it's easy for me to armchair game master that because I wasn't there. Yeah. And I don't and I don't know your group. No. And I don't know what they what they groove on. Right. And if that type of. If you've been playing with them for a while and that type of parlay, you'd be like, look, Brett, they'd just puke all over that. They're like, whatever, I punch them in the face. It's because some groups are like that. Right. Then what you did is a, is absolutely legitimate. I wouldn't say that's bad. Gotcha. Bad, wrong. It's 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 cool. I like right. the use I like the use of the scatter diagram and the uh because the using the disadvantage mechanic for perception totally makes sense because they're effectively blind. Well, and then they had they had one that had a panther for a companion. So I gave them scent and gave them straight rolls. To okay, yeah. Smell through, right? And then I think one, I think the druid turned into a cat. So, you know, you got a cat at your foot, you know, rubbing on your leg. Okay, well, I follow the cat out and the cat makes its way out some somehow. So there was a little bit of that going on, helping party members get out. One ended up getting out on the side of a wall and maneuvering out. So it worked out in the end. It was just the sudden, like, the sudden, the sudden, um, Poof. Yeah. Shit. What do I do now? <laughs> right. Okay. Nobody can see anything. Nobody Water in balloon. Their, God damn it. Nobody in their right mind is going to attack just everybody. So the reason I brought up the undead was because I was putting perhaps undue emphasis. Are the undead a thing that you, by the adventure, need them to deal with? Well, or, I th or they should deal with. Yeah. I th so the fort is always being inundated with undead and the, you know, the, they're just, so I think that's leads to part of the stress and the, the, the illusion of or the I should the yeah the craziness that is of of the okay. commander. So but, that's the reason I that's the reason I brought up is because when you said that, <clears throat> my assumption was immediately that it's a critical part. It's not just a side quest. I jokingly called him Captain Side Quest, right? But it's connected enough that 
or it should be connected enough that it would be a cool diversion, a thing that they should deal with. If you felt that, and well, that's the jungle's like, crawling with it. Like, I'm just, just saying, if yeah. they don't want to go to the source of the thing, bring the bring it to them, and then yeah. they will feel obligated to go deal with it because of the evil it's done. Right. That's what I was saying. Gotcha. But yeah, given your scenario, <clears throat> the other thing that happens too is, like I said, it's easy to armchair DM that. Oh, clearly you should have had them parlay. But in the heat of the moment, somebody's like, I don't. What the fuck did you, Billy? What did you do? Oh, you're a fog cloud. Yeah, I, I've had players. I mean, I, you remember back in high school, like, I drop a fireball. Yep. It, the room's closed. Yeah, but I'll probably survive. Wham! I'm like, oh, fuck, dude. Yep. You know, Tommy, what the hell are you doing, man? Why forecast? What are you doing that for? I mean, the Stop guys it. were like, you should probably, uh, you probably talk about this on the show. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn right we will. Yeah. <laughs> you bunch of idiots. No, it, this is, if not like players do the darndest things, episodes, you know, one through thousand. Right. <laughs> and it's hard to. It's hard to think on your feet. And I don't know the rest of the adventure, too, right? Where what happens if they murder Captain Sidequest? Right. Does this guy, or if they diss him, does he not lend them aid at a critical juncture later? I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, well, I don't know. We'll just yeah, have I to mean, stay I, tuned and see. <laughs> have to find out. Yeah. <laughs> but that's that's the thing I found interesting. And like I said, the, the parlay component of it, the other thing that does is that by using those things, I have I've done that to prove to and Tomb of Annihilation is probably a good way to also do this. Is like they've already learned that they can't like manhandle their way through five hundred orcs and goblins to get through the end of the tomb. They, it's a trap, 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 trap type of thing. Yeah, it's the fucking tomb horrors, man. Right. So a discussion with NPCs is probably a good idea. The other thing, though, that you know, putting on my quasi game master psychological hat is saying. If they haven't had a lot of combat recently and they finally got a chance to beat the shit out of something, people play D&D sometimes a whale on monsters and take their stuff. And if the, finally some NPC was a complete douchebag, like, finally I can punch this fucker in the face. Give me some dice to roll. So somebody wanted to punch somebody in the face after having their ass beat by traps <laughs> through, through potentially a current you know, couple sessions. Finally, the chance for combat's there, which is, again, why... I lean towards bringing the undead in so that way they've got real monsters to fight and they're not fighting up, you know, beating on that guy. Right. Just my thought. Okay. And well, I'm not saying you're wrong, so please don't take it like that. No, no, no. I just wanted to see what your thoughts were. That's all. Cool. Okay. I like that idea, though. Yeah. I had I, the whole, look, I need you to do this. We don't want to do it. No, I'm fucking serious. You need to go do this. But I don't want, look, look, you have to do this. Yeah, you're going uh, to do it. Oh, we're not, not going to do it. Fine, arrest, that's it. I've arrest, got it. Arrest these men. Exactly. Guards, arrest them. You can, Shackle them. You can them. see that. A paranoid, do, a paranoid leader does crazy ass shit, especially if he's living in a fucking swamp surrounded by undead. Yeah, I could see him being a little paranoid. Yeah, Colonel Kurtz, man. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who Colonel Kurtz is. Go watch Apocalypse Now, kids. That's right. Cool. All right. All right, man. We good? Yeah, we're good, man. Sweet. Thanks for staying late, folks. Awesome. Thanks, man. All right. This episode of Gaming and BS brought to you with the help from the following BSers. Handy Hall, Corey Wynn, Graham Minert, Joe Swick, Brett's Biggest Fan, Forrest Gary, Mark Anthony Benedetti, Sean Nicholson, Tim Jensen, Remy Bilodeau, Jason Hobbs, Wayne Humphleet, James Carpio, Pure Mongrel, Lord Tentacle, Corey Johnston, Brandon Barnes, Dan LaValley, C.W. Mellencamp, the Lost Sailor, Misdirected Mark Productions, Christopher Gray, Finolf, Mirko Freilich, Eileen Barnes, Tony Sugarloaf Baker, 
Todd Crapper, Wiss Static, Alexander Auerbach, Neil Benson, Chris Steele, Eric Hoffman, Kyle Winter, Christopher Lang, Curtis Takahashi, Mark Tasaka, Larry Hout, Ray Otis, Ron Bishop, Craig Huber, Xavier G, JV, John Hammersley, The Closet Gamer, John Steve, Jared Rasher, Mark Richmond, Thomas Hook, Chad Glayman, Sky, Roger Braslett, Craig, Howard Bishop, Jim Fitzpatrick, Peter Skange, Josh Wallace, Corey Welch, Eli Kurtz, Batiri Turtienen, Edwin Nagy, Bruce Cunnington, Aaron Coleman, Tim Shorts, Angus, Rolfer Guild, Gordon Cranford, Eric Salzweedle, Matt Cyberlick, Jack Neller, Robert Nemeth, Eric Bontz, Palladian, Ron Blessing, Brian Kurtz, Knights of the Night Crew, Laramie L. Wall, Kevin Lovecraft, Evan Harrison Cass, and Malcolm Cool. For ways to support the show, head over to GamingNBS.com forward slash support dash us. Thanks, BSers! This has been a Litterbox Studio production. production.